This podcast is designed to show how we all sell by being human, and I'm excited to highlight an event this summer that brings together salespeople who are the very best at doing it. This episode is brought to you by the Sales Success Summit, hosted by Scott Ingram, happening October 11th through 12th in Austin, Texas. This is an event for sales professionals run by the top sales professionals in B2B. I came to this event in 2019 for the first time as an attendee, and the amount of personal and professional growth I've obtained as a result is truly massive. I've met my coach and mentor. I found job opportunities, met people who helped me launch this podcast, networked into the current job I love, and I attended some phenomenal sessions. I've also met some lifelong friends. You may think the number one salespeople at their companies are arrogant, cocky, and only about them. I actually found the exact opposite was true. This is run by salespeople that aren't just the top 1%. They're some of the best human beings that I know. So many of my previous guests have come from this event. Dale Dupree, Jack Wilson, Jeff Bajoric, Dewan Brown. And today we have a woman who is a top salesperson and part of the sales success community. I just can't wait for you to hear her. I'll be attending it. And if you want to join me as well, come join me by signing up at top one, the number one dot FM and tell them I sent you. All right, now to the show. All right, gang. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Stories of Selling Human podcast. I'm your host, Alex Smith, and I started this podcast because I believe everyone in the world will someday be faced with a situation, could be business, it could be personal, that requires you to create change. I think we all want to be heard, seen, and understood. The people who get our attention and convince, persuade, or influence us, though, They're not just salespeople. I think there are great humans throughout all walks of life that we're drawn to. I'm going to share their stories here along with trained salespeople so that we can tap into what makes us human, practice our human skills, and ultimately we'll all become better at selling by being human. All right, so I have uh, a fun guest on the podcast today. This person, uh, she, I met her through the Sales Success Summit, and uh, she was on the Sales Success Stories podcast as a as a top rep at her company. She is a solution sales rep for uh, an IT company, Pulse Technology. She's been really successful at that throughout her entire career. Before that, she was an administrative assistant, and she's been in graphic design. She's done a lot, and I'm I'm going to ask her about that. Like, how does someone from kind of a diverse background end up uh, selling IT uh, technology? But I'm so excited to uh, introduce this person. She's a, a top sales rep and just an all-around great person. Please welcome none other than Nicole Maselli to the podcast. Welcome, Nicole. Hi, thanks for having me, Alex. I'm excited. Thanks. Yeah, me too, me too. All right, so you know, I, I kind of alluded to it in the beginning. We'll get to kind of your career in, in sales and, and just kind of, you know, kind of, how you got to be where you are today, but I'm I'm curious to go kind of go back. Like everyone wants to know what your first sales job was, but can you think like in your mind what your first ever job was as a kid? Maybe your first ever job. How did you get that job, and and what did you learn from that experience? Yeah, so uh, this is going to age myself a little bit because I had my first job when I was uh, 13 for a pool, our local pool, as just a pool attendant. Because when we were little, or little, 13, 
my dad really instilled in us that work ethic. So as soon as I could get a job, that was the goal. And that was, um, that was a nice like summer job for uh, a younger kid. So, so it was fun. And then I, I was there for another 15 summers. And then the following summer I was promoted to a lifeguard. So that was, it was pretty cool. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) How do you, what made you want to stay like at something like that for 15 years? Like, is it, what was it about that job that was, that brought you back each summer or each year? It was a fun job. Plus you're outside, which being from Chicago is not, there's not many months where we could say that that's something we can enjoy. And for a while I had friends in high school that worked at the pool with me. And I really did like being a lifeguard a lot. Plus I had a pretty strong background in swimming up until that point. So I think that's what drew it to me was just being around the pool and being in the sun and, you know, getting to yell at kids, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. It's cool. All right. Well, So, you know, you mentioned something, your dad instilled uh, like a big work ethic uh, in you at an early age. And, and, you know, I'm I'm curious kind of about that. Like, you know, tell me kind of what kind of guy your dad was or or is and, you know, just like, what was it about work ethic that, you know, you you, you probably took the most from in, in terms of what your dad taught you? Yeah. So he is actually the owner of Pulse Technology, which is a company that I work for. Uh, so we are just a local family owned and operated business, but he just from a, obviously a young age, 13 was when I had my first job was just that. I just think instilling those like that work ethic of having a job, knowing that you need to show up, knowing what you need to do in order to be successful interviewing too. I mean, going into an interview when you're 13 is kind of intimidating, <laughs> but um you know we were he prepared us to be able to do all of those things and by us i mean siblings i have a lot of those also (laughs) cool how many do you have how big is your family i have four so three brothers and a sister cool 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 all right so at a young age you, you learned the work ethic did you learn like was it was it taught through your family or kind of like did you learn it on your own just how to treat like people you meet, how to treat others. Was that something that you learned at home or did you learn it like through your experience? No, I would say that that was learned at home. Like we, we didn't grow up with an allowance. Tours were something that we were expected to do because we lived there. And then, you know, if you did your chores at the end of the week and you wanted to go to the movies, you could ask for money to do that based on, you know, what you had accomplished through that week. So I think it it was like all of those things that he really taught us, which was you kind of have to work for the things that you want and nothing's handed to you. So at the end of the week, you were, you know, supposed to be pretty confident in in what you had accomplished in order to ask for the money to go to the movies or Uh whatever. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So that's what I was going to ask you. Like a lot of times people are like, yeah, when I was a kid, I learned a lot about, yeah, like kind of stating my case to my parents because I had to, like, if I wanted to go out, I needed to, like, it was like a give and take. I needed to kind of put that together. So do you remember some of those, like, what those early kind of, uh, I guess you could call them like (laughs) sales that you had to make, like you just said it, like you had to really 
demonstrate that you put something in to get that reward in return. Do you remember what those were like? I don't remember any specific conversation. I just remember that if you were asking, it was because you were confident that you had earned Mm. uh, the money. Mm. Um, And then, uh, you know, there were times, of course, where you're like, uh, we'll see how this goes. (laughs) (laughs) And he wouldn't. And my dad was very adamant about if you didn't earn the money, then you don't get it. So, um, so there was really no free handouts growing up. I love it. I love it. All right. So you definitely learned a lot. I feel like growing up in the house, you did just to kind of about putting in the work and, and, you know, getting that return. Tell me a little bit about like your, your first, just kind of like what in your life convinced you or that this could be a path for you being a, a technology salesperson. I know it's obviously in your family and, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm sure you, I don't know if all your siblings are in the business or not, or if it was, you know, kind of something you were kind of led to do, but ultimately to stay in. And I feel like you have to, like you, I've heard you say, like, love what you sell and really mm-hmm. have a passion for kind of uh, what the, the, the products that you have. So yeah, just kind of curious early on. I know, like I said, in the beginning, you, yeah, had a diverse background, graphic design, yeah. administrative assistant. Tell me the story of how uh, you, of, of college all the way to where you are today. What did that look like? Yeah. So when I first started off in college, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. It was important to me to pick something that I was passionate about. So somewhere along the way, I had decided that graphic design was the way to go because I liked that it combined art with technology. And so I think that's what drew me to that field is because it was a combination of both because graphic design is all art based on computer work. So that's what I went to school for. And then I graduated and I did end up getting a really good job right out of college in that field. And then I realized I hated it. (laughs) (laughs) And And not so much the job or the work as much as it was being tied to a desk all day sitting around waiting for people to approve things and kind of just having no control over what your day looked like uh, because it was a lot of waiting around. And I just, that just wasn't for me, just something about it, you know, sitting at a desk and not having that freedom and graphic design is a pretty, um, pretty singular job. So there was really not much conversing with, with anybody, which is fine. It just, that's not my personality. So I had still, I was waitressing too for a long time and during that period. Um, So I kind of went back to that and then I was going to get married and decided I needed a career. And so I came to my dad and I was just kind of like, how do I get one of those? (laughs) (laughs) So something that would be, you know, that you're interested in and that has growth potential and you know, just all of those things that kind of make up a, a career and and something that you could get into long-term that you enjoyed. And so it was actually his idea to try sales for the company, which is not what I had been expecting because to be frank, coming and working back for our company, um, which was called Displays Office Equipment at the time, was never on my radar. So that was all him. So he kind of was like, hey, why don't you come work here? We'll try sales and we'll see how it goes. And if it doesn't, 
work out, we could find something else for you to do. Because as you mentioned, with the administrative assistant role, I have been working for this company. I go based off of when they started to pay me to work here, (laughs) (laughs) which was in about 2000. And we, we all, me and all my siblings started in the warehouse. So we had this background knowledge of the industry before any of us really seriously got into it. So I think that's kind of makes it unique also. So that's what the administration assistant job was because I started in the warehouse doing inventory and shipping and then kind of worked my way throughout the different different areas of the of the business as to what whichever um, department needed help. So that's kind of how I got into it. And then um, nine years ago now was when we had that conversation about getting a career and trying sales. Uh, so it, clearly he saw something in me that nobody else did at the time because even I was kind of like sales really (laughs) but sure let's try it and uh, and here we are so that's awesome (laughs) yeah what what do you think it was that like that he he saw in you I mean that you if you had to put your finger on it that if you kind of fast forward to now what are some of the things that you think that just are success, like the, your most successful salespeople have. What are some of those personal traits about that? I think one of them was just, you know, that um, ability just to speak with people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was, yeah, never really shy about meeting people or being, uh, having to talk to people about mm. whatever. And I think mm. part of that too came from being a waitress because mm. you're constantly talking to different people all the time. Yeah which is sales in its own regard, but not anything like what I'm doing now. But um, um, I think that was one of the things t- was that rapport that you can have with people and and needing to be social and not intimidated by walking into a room of people and needing to meet people that maybe you don't know. Um, I think that was part of it. I think part of it too, maybe was like a confidence in just myself, which I think is a rare trait. So I came into it already kind of being like knowing who I was, if that makes sense. And I think the other one was just that drive uh, to be successful because that's what I was looking for at the time was a career that I could be in long-term, that I could be successful at, and that I would love. And this turned out to be that thing. Awesome. It, you know, I, 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 I'm always interested when people you know, say things like, yeah, confidence in myself. Like, where does that come from? You know, because like, it's, it, that's difficult. That's still difficult for even people that say that they're, they're comfortable talking with new people that they meet now, because we always have that fear of just being judged or people just rejecting us and, mm-hmm. or thinking that we're not mature enough or as knowledgeable as them. And so like, we'll come across less knowledgeable or professional or whatever and so it's it's still scary kind of just yeah worrying about like what people may think of us so did your experience in the in the warehouse kind of help you there or you know kind of is there anything that you can point to that kind of helped build that confidence in you yeah so actually what i didn't realize at the time was all of this backhand knowledge that I had gained through the company by being in the warehouse and working in, you know, the finance department or receivables or whatever it was. I had gained all of this knowledge that I didn't necessarily know was there 
frankly, because I don't think I ever thought I was going to have to use it. (laughs) So you're just doing your job. Yeah. Right. So at the end of the day, you're like, okay, we're selling copy machines and, you know, IT stuff to be super technical. There's a lot that goes into the back end that most people really don't know. Um, And I think part of that was it was just my understanding of kind of what goes into that in order to then be successful as a salesperson. Plus for a a majority of my life, I was super into um, beauty pageants. Uh, So uh, regardless of what people think about those, I think they do help with confidence for one. They also help with your interview skills and being able to answer questions on the fly. So I think it's a lot of those things can attribute to, um, to being successful in sales. Oh my gosh. So like, what was your, what do you think what, what was one of your, uh, your best performances, uh, as, uh, you know, in, uh, in the beauty pageant, any, any like fun things that you did to, to kind of get the judges to buy into you? Yeah. So I had one, a state level pageant and then went on to the national pageants, which was in a pretty rural Montana. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which was pretty cool. And I ended up winning the national title for my age group. Um, Yeah. So it was cool. So I think it was just one of those things where you have to stand out based on the other women that you're competing against. So whether that's in your interview and making sure that you pick uh, dresses and, and a bathing suit and things like that, that really represent your personality and having the confidence in order to, to do that. I mean, pageants, that's a panel interview of judges where you're sitting there in front of however many people, four or five, that are um, throwing you questions and you don't know what they're going to ask you. So I think it's that ability to just be able to perform on the fly and be confident and to make sure that um, that you're prepared. <laughs> and, and sales is those same things. Gosh. You know, yeah. you can walk into an appointment and you don't, you probably don't really know how many people are going to be there and it could be the same situation. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I bet. Yeah. You have to think on the fly right away. Cause you're, you're in front of all those people, maybe even, I mean, yeah, you're, you're putting yourself out there. Like people are looking at you, your body, your, <laughs> right. what you're saying. Like, Everything. <laughs> you're, that's, that'd be so freaky. I imagine. It's a unique experience, to say I, the least. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Well, cool. Let's talk a little bit what, what what you get to do each day and kind of how your approach uh, shows up in your day to day. You know, how would you describe your approach to to sales? What would it be if you had to describe it? Like, what is your kind of unique uh, philosophy behind it? So, I think one of the things that's really stands me out, especially from the competition uh, in this industry, is that I'm very transparent, (laughs) you know, and I like, and it sounds weird to say, to answer everything honestly, uh, because people, I think, would hope uh, and assume that you're answering everything honestly, but unfortunately, that's just not always the case in, in deals that we run into against competitors, which is just an unfortunate thing in our industry. So I think that's one of the things that really kind of draws me apart from the pack is that it doesn't matter what question you answer me, I'm going to give you a transparent answer. 
because I think that's the kind of relationship that I want to have with you is knowing from the beginning that even if the information or the question maybe isn't in our favor of you wanting to do business with us, that you're still going to be able to come to me and ask me those questions, knowing I'm going to give you the answer regardless. So I really try to just to, to have people know that it doesn't matter. If you go with us, obviously that's great. Uh, but if you don't, I'm still going to give you all the information that I can to help you make an informed decision because when it comes to the technology, especially, this is a huge part of your business and you want to make sure that the person handling it is somebody that you trust. So, and there's a lot of information out there about it. So I just feel like the more that I can give you and the more transparent and open that our relationship is, the better the off we're going to be moving forward. I'm willing to bet. It's it's so funny. It's just, it seems so basic. It's like, I'm going to just tell you not always what you may want to hear, but what you need to hear. And and if, if that means that it can't be me, then that's okay, because it shouldn't be. The worst thing is I tell you something that every like that you just want to hear because everyone's telling that to you to to win a sale but then a year from now you 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 cancel because you know it it just turns out to frustrate you so much that even though you're getting a good deal that it didn't make up for like all the the uh like the mumbo jumbo that we told right, you the misconceptions, the misconceptions or false yeah. promises or whatever you yeah. want to call it yeah Maybe specifically about that, like, is there anything like specifically, are there questions or things that you just messaging things that you tend to say to people? Like when you are in a situation where you're just trying to get to the truth at something, or maybe you are sensing that like maybe this bit of information is going to be tough for them to hear, you know, is there anything that you like to say to folks just to kind of let them know that you know, what you're about to say is, is going to be tough, but that. Yeah. So there's a reason one of the it. most common questions that I get is leasing versus purchasing. So the majority of people in our industry lease just because it is technology okay. Okay. and you can get new technology when, when this is outdated. And this one customer that I can say, thankfully that we signed, it was a, it was a competitive situation. He had probably met with, I want to say, three or four different companies at the time to upgrade his copy machine in this case. And I was not the cheapest quote, and I was not the most expensive, but I, I remember sitting with the owner of the company, and he went on this very long rant about just wanting somebody to give him their honest opinion about leasing versus buying. And at the end, you know, he kept going on and on and on about how nobody would tell him what the benefits were to either, or, you know, maybe what the negatives were to either, or, you know, what makes more financial sense or like, like it was a long run. It was probably 15 minutes of him just going on and on and on about how he had met with all these other salespeople that just Mm -hmm. wouldn't answer his questions And he ended it with, and he was like, look, I know that you're probably trained to tell me leasing is the way to go, but I just need somebody to tell me the difference or whatever. And so I looked at him and I went, look, (laughs) 
at the end of the day, it's your money. And really, that's the biggest difference is how do you want to spend it? And then he ended up signing on the spot. So (laughs) I think he was, it was just refreshing that you could tell that he had told other people the same thing, that he was just looking for an answer and nobody would give it to him. And he understands maybe what our training was and that he just wanted to, to have a discussion about it. And so that is what we did. So there, there was no, no reason for, especially after having him go on and on about it, there was no reason for us not to have that conversation uh, because that's my job is to educate you on the questions that you have for a financial decision that you're making. Yeah. So that's, I, I always use that example because I think it too also plays into salespeople don't listen <laughs> because he was fully prepared for me after that whole thing to come in and be like, you know, leasing is amazing and you should do that and it's going to be awesome. And he didn't want that. You know, he wanted just to have a real conversation about the questions that he was asking. And I don't think anybody had listened to him enough to do that for him. And I think that was one of the reasons why he decided uh, to go with us versus the competitors. Because at that point, like I said, I wasn't the cheapest proposal. So it wasn't about pricing. It was just about wanting to have a conversation about information that he needed in order to make the decision that he thought was beneficial for them. Yeah. So funny. Like a lot of times people may think in sales, if you hear that either or question that you may want to go, well, you know, I'll talk about the benefits of each. Well, you know, on the one hand with this, here's the benefits of that. On the other hand with that, here's the benefits with this. And they're like, but okay, like, I still don't get it. Like, tell you tell me. And you were just like, look, like, like, or, or you're just like leaning to one side, like, that's okay. That, that you may want to do that, but what you should really consider is this, you know, and then right. you're trying to rope them into something. And, you know, you were just literally like, Hey, that's not for me to decide. Like it's for you. Right. And I, that's, and I think that's all he needed really. Yeah. Like that's, that's interesting. But I think that's a great point that you brought it up is that I think salespeople do that a lot where you get an either or, and obviously, you might personally be leaning one way, but at the end of the day, that's not your decision to make. Yeah, totally. It, you know, it doesn't it doesn't care. I, I, you know, it's not my company. All I can do is offer you what I think is beneficial, and then you ultimately have to make the decision yourself. Yeah, and 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 that's the right one. Like, it's not about the yeah on paper what I would <laughs> think. Yeah, it's not. I don't matter in this decision right. whatsoever. Like this is right. I'm. I'm at not that making point, it. Just I'm, the vessel. Yeah. Yeah. The vessel right. of information. Yeah. <laughs> I go back to my sales numbers, dude. You gotta run. You gotta look at your own and and decide. Right. And, and I'm sure you make right. tons of decisions. That's what I was right? like, right? Like at the end of the day, I'm still gonna get paid. <laughs> it right. just depends exactly. on how you want to do that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Too. All right. Well, if you had to kind of think. Or maybe just kind of, I, I'm, I, I always like to kind of think of this because we talked a little bit about like some positions you had, you didn't really think you, you know, had it in you to do sales or, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you were obviously trained in it after you got the position. What advice do you have for people that 
are in both sides of that coin. Maybe someone that is in a position that, you know what, like maybe they're in the warehouse and like, I'm a warehouse person. I'm not in sales, but you know, I'm, I'm still able to do certain things that salespeople do really, really well that in let's face it in our personal lives, we, we have to like, we, we, we all will have to be faced with this situation where we, we, we may need to sell ourselves or get something that we want. So what advice do you have for that person that's not ever been trained in sales to kind of use some of these skills that we mentioned? And then maybe the other side, the person that is 20 years in sales, they've, they've learned everything that they feel like they need to learn. They're, they're successful in their career. Is there anything that maybe they could pick up on in terms of just kind of some of these like human skills that maybe they're just not looking into far than far enough? Yeah, I think it still goes back to that um, human to human interaction. So even if you are just starting out in sales and it's, you know, probably very nerve wracking, it's just to remember that you've been talking to people your whole life and it, and it doesn't matter what you were doing before, you know? So at the end of the day, I I think people are people. <laughs> so there's no reason for them, for you to talk to them differently than you would anybody else. Um, and in our company, um, even if you do work in the warehouse, I mean, it's all, some regards, it's all sales. Like our warehouse, our people working in our warehouse or on the delivery truck or, or wherever, you're still talking to customers, you know, and you're still part of the company and a face of the company. So I don't think those jobs are any less important than being a salesperson. And especially a lot of the times, and probably true in any industry, is that people like to hear from those people as well. Because sometimes, you know, sales doesn't have the best reputation um, for being the most honest. <laughs> and so sometimes they just need that reassurance from, um, from whoever. So like in our company, the technicians uh, who are going out on site and fixing issues have, I think, just as an important role because the customers are hearing what you're saying. So if they say something like, oh, you know, something's weird here, maybe we should update. They might take that person's word much stronger than they would a salesperson because they don't see any, you know, any gain, I suppose, from that person. So I think you just have to remember that regardless of where you're starting or where you want to be is just to talk to people as such. You know, there's no reason to be weary, you know, or, or scared or, or, or whatever. You know, I know there's a lot of mental blocks there, but just remember at the end of the day that you're having a conversation with a person and people appreciate that. I think we kind of forgot that part is that people aren't as scary as maybe we're making up in our, in our own minds. <laughs> I could, that's so well said. It's, it's funny. We, I always think that job titles and um, resumes and like, hierarchies have just bl- like, have just totally told this fake story um, about us, about who someone really is, right? I mean, at the end right. of the day, they're yes, they could be in a more senior role, and yes, they may be harder to get to, and they're more responsibilities, and they're busier, and you know all these different things. But at the end of the day, that owner, right? Like all of that mm-hmm. person wanted was another person just to treat him as a real person, and and just and and let him be the one to make the decision, but then inform them 
and know him well enough that they could just say, look, like this is my role. I'm going to be upfront and transparent with you about what you're faced with here. But at the end of the day that I'm, I'm, I'm not going to try to convince you or persuade you either way. Um, it's, it's something that you will decide because you know, your business far better than I could ever know, know it even from the outside of what you're telling me. Yeah. And I, and I think one of the best pieces of advice I, I had ever been given, uh, especially when you're starting out and you're needing to prospect and call on people of, of different companies is so if you're calling into the gatekeeper, think about who the gatekeeper is at your own company and the conversations that you have with that person. Well, these two people are probably pretty similar, not scary, you know, not intimidating, not there to make your job harder, just a, just a person who's doing their job. Uh, Same thing with the owner of a company. So if you've had conversations with the owner of your company, think about the conversations you've had with them now that you're calling on this other company of, of an owner and just, you know, making them more real versus just being like, oh my gosh, I have to get through the gatekeeper. And then, oh my gosh, I have to talk to the owner. But if you kind of humanize them more with the people that you deal with on a day-to-day basis, you're going to be like, oh yeah, you know, I love talking to the gatekeeper. Like they're so personable and great and friendly. And then you're like, oh yes, I love, you know, all of the interactions that I have with the owner of my own company and, and what those are like. Um, and I think people forget that, that they are people and, and you are talking to these people every day, probably in your own company. So just to remember to humanize them and, and not to put that stigma of kind of what's ingrained in sales of, of what these roles are. Yeah. And I think it makes it a little bit easier. Yeah. You're almost making me think of something maybe that people can do if they're not in sales or something. And maybe if they are like take, you know, maybe a reflect back on your week, like who did I talk to internally? And like, mm-hmm. what it, was that experience? Like what, what it, you know, how, right. did it feel, how did it make me feel? And um, like, how can I transfer that, you know, to um, my approach to that when I, when I'm calling on people like them? Right, not the company or, or 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 anyone that I talk to, like right, you know, right. Like I said, I think that was one of the best pieces of advice that I was ever given was just compare these people to the people that you're dealing with every day, yeah. and uh, and then you just kind of remember, like, oh yeah, I can do this. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I love that um, advice. Well, tell me. Uh, yeah, well, before I get to the final question, I'm curious to your your perspective on this what would you say if, if there was like a couple of things that you could point to you know if there was a time when you know hopefully in the future people think of sales in a in a different light they don't think of it as you know trying to rope you in to get a deal they don't think that people are trying to hold back information what is it that you think that we could be doing to help people have that better perception about the profession of sales you know, I do think as a collective, we're doing a better job trying to get out of that stigma. I don't personally think it matters what industry you're in. I think that stigma has been there because it's been ingrained in people as we go along. Um, but I think it depends too on who you surround yourself with. So like you mentioned, like the Sales Success Summit. I mean, those are great people to surround yourself with, all of whom are trying to pull sales out of this, you know, view of what people have. 
Um, and I think too, um, and I mentioned this in, in one of my podcasts for them is the, um, the people that you're following. I mean, there are tons and tons of sales mentors or gurus mm-hmm. out there, whatever you want to call them. And I think you need to find the ones that you align with who kind of speak to you more, not so much on the sales side, but just as like, like, I like this person's vibe and I like what they're saying. And I like the things that they're, that they're portraying, um, that you can kind of represent yourself. Um, and I think that's important is to just constantly be surrounding yourself with other sales people who you think align the same visions that you have. And, and I think just as a collective, the more of us that can be transparent and be honest and open, um, the faster that we're going to get there. Yeah, that's awesome. Final question. And I, I hate to see you go, but this is just like a fun one about you. And because I think we all are, we build relationships with people by letting people in and getting to know us and, and, and like fun stories about our, ourselves. And so this is a fun question about you and yourself. So it's um, just something that can only happen to you. So it's this, it's like, is there, if you could think of one thing, maybe this is a thing, maybe this is an event that is just something that is so uniquely you or an event that could only or would only happen to you, what would that, what would that thing be? Something that is just so totally you, <laughs> I guess you could say. Yeah, that's a great question. I feel like I'm always finding myself in like funny situations, <laughs> which I think people that really know me or or follow me on LinkedIn would be like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Do you have a so recent one like, of last year that's like a, you know, a highlight? Um, well, the one that I'm thinking of has to pertain with sales because I was cold calling a building in Chicago, which is not an easy feat anyway. And I had uh, gotten escorted out. But that day in my cold calling ventures, I had made an appointment in the building to go back. <laughs> so I had done my research on the company, so I knew what I was walking into. And so the next day when I came into the building for my appointment, the security was like, uh, I was already in the elevator. Um, I was with my manager and I was with another gentleman. And um, the security was like, no, we kicked you out of this building. You can't come in. And I was like, well, why have an appointment? And I'm like, well, with who? And the person, the man standing in the elevator happened to be the owner of the company that I was going up to. No way. <laughs> and I had known that based on the research I had done. And I kind of looked at him and I kind of started laughing. And I was like, well, <laughs> I'm going up to his company to meet with you know this woman there. And he was like, what the hell is happening right now? <laughs> and, and the security guard was like, what is happening right now? And he and and the gentleman was like, well, let her up. <laughs> No way. So, so you got in and got a meeting and the owner was there. And that must have been hilarious. Yeah. Because I was like, you know, like, what do I do? I know this guy is the owner. They're wanting to kick me out of the building again for cold calling it the day before. I was like, I'm just going to roll with it. Good for you. <laughs> and that kind of like brings it full circle. There's that confidence that you had as, at a young age. Uh, right. Uh, right. You just got to go for it. Just sometimes. go for it in front of the CEO. <laughs> All right. Nicole. If people want to be confident and just kind of, you know, reach out to you cold uh, that haven't ever met with you before, what, how could they get in touch with you and find you? Yeah, LinkedIn is great. 
um, I'm pretty sure you post these on LinkedIn. So uh, mm-hmm. that's always a good avenue. I am on there probably more than I should admit, but <laughs> here <know>. we are, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, We're all there. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you so, so much. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on LinkedIn and in, in, in the too. comments. Thank you so much. Yeah, for me too. Hey gang. All right. Wow. You made it to the end. I know your time is valuable. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for spending your time here with me. If you heard a quote you liked, got a quick bit of value, or you have an idea that can help convince others to join, I urge you to take a minute and leave a five-star rating and review. That helps us gain influence and bring some really great guests on to add even more value to you and others. You can also always contact me directly to tell me your thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. All my info is in the notes. Let's help convince anyone that they have the ability to sell well just by being great humans. And this podcast is proof. All right, see you on the next episode of Stories of Selling Human.